Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. It is Tuesday afternoon, as our tagline says, this is a big week beginning for Celtic. We know who we'll face next week in the Champions League. Obviously that draw happened last Thursday, I'm sure we'll, we'll touch on that. Um, but first up will be Ross County in the Premier Sports Cup. Then we've got that small matter of the first derby game of the season. And on this Tuesday lunchtime, I am joined by... Natasha and Patrick, um, how are how are you both doing after about nine 0 thumping at the weekend? Good, yeah. I don't know. There's just something about a, a game like that that really just sets you up for the whole week, doesn't it? It's not just the win and the three points in the bag, but the manner of the win, the record-breaking goals, the way in which we played. Um, yeah, it just sets you up for a, a good week, doesn't it? 
Yeah, and it is going to be uh, hopefully a good week. Um, I'd imagine Patrick, the players will probably return to training today if they had the day off yesterday. It's kind of the norm after a game. Um, and they'll be going through their paces for Ross County. This is the first time Celtic's played midweek in a long time, which seems a bit strange. Obviously, we had that wee bit of a lull towards the end of the season, uh, just you know, back there, April, May time. Patrick, do you think playing Wednesday, Saturday probably suits us better? Um, and you don't maybe get that chance to look at, at stuff as much as maybe the training methods and all that hard work's been done and Celtic are right, ready to get into things now? Yeah, I think it suits Celtic in particular. You get into a rhythm because, you know, usually for us it's it's July until about March time that you're in this sort of Wednesday, Saturday or Thursday, Sunday, as it was the past few years. But um, no, I think it suits us a lot better because... You know, I, I think Angie even said in that open goal interview, you know, you can sort of work them too hard in training and then, then by the time you get to the Saturday, a bit like that Hearts game where uh, we won 2 nothing, it gets a bit, I don't know, a bit loose and a bit sloppy and maybe, you know, there's a bit too much time in the training pitch. But, um, yeah, I think it suits us, you know, guys at our level to play, you know, Wednesday, Saturday, just sort of keeping the rhythm, keeping the momentum up. Um and, you know, as you say, it's the first time we've played midweek since we won the league at Tanadice back in May. Yeah, that's correct. That Thursday night up in uh, Tanadice. Um, Natasha, you know, as Patrick says, uh, it probably does suit us. And we've got a big squad to do it now. And you're going to probably see that squad starting to use to full effect. We'll, we'll come on to Ross County tomorrow night up in Dingwall. But, you know, we look a lot stronger than we were, even going back to, to that point in May of... We've added eight additions, but we'll come on to transfers later on. But I even think that um, with the game, say, at Hamden against Rangers in the Scottish Cup semi-final, the Celtic team might have just came to their peak um, before we maybe even played that game. It's a possibility. Yeah, definitely. I think they're looking in very good form, so sharp in the in the season, um, which is nice to see. It has shown the real benefits of having Anjan for a proper pre-season. We know he was in for the last pre-season, but we also know how much working he had to do during that time, just in terms of the overhaul that there was. So he didn't have the sort of pre-season that he's had this pre-season. Um, and wow, we're absolutely reaping the benefits from it now because we have fully hit the ground running here and it just given us a flavour of what this squad are capable of if this is what we're doing, you know, four or five games in. Um and you know what that that result is as incredible as it was, you know, that sort of nine nil record breaking victory. I don't think too many people would have written off a result like that happening, you know, in the next and sort of relatively soon this season. I think all the warning signs have been there. I think the team are showing that they're absolutely capable of doing that to a team. Um and Dundee United just came at the right time, given this sort of you know difficult period that they're going through. I think they've just fallen victims to you know the circumstance of us being playing the way that we are and them having the issues that they've had going on recently. It was just sort of you know the perfect storm for us in terms of what what we did there. And there has definitely been you know a few calls at the start of the season of will we see a, a double digit victory this season? And to get so close to it already. It's just really exciting. Um, it's very much, you know, showing the the way that Ange likes to play football. This Ange ball that we've we've come to love, that free flowing, fast paced attacking football. Um, yeah, it'll just be interesting to see how that fares in Europe now, and we'll come on to talk about that. But I'm certainly really pleased with the way the team are looking at this stage of the season. 
Yeah, we, we will come on to talk about Celtic in Europe. We've obviously played five league games up until now. This will be our first test out with the, the SPFL Premiership tomorrow night. So we'll see how that works. Ian's come in in the comments here to say, using the squad at Axelm too. We sure are. Lawrence has joined us. Lawrence, good afternoon. Um, to, to come on to what we're talking about there with this Celtic squad, it's probably going to get used to its full um, you know, benefit in, in the next few weeks. I said a conversation coming down on the bus from Tannadice on Sunday with somebody and I said I don't think that'll be the first time this season that a team gets an absolute doing off us. We threatened it last season, we beat Dundee and St Mern 6-0 early on towards the end of the season. Obviously we hammered St Johnson 7-0, they absolutely thrashed Motherwell in the last day of the season. I still think you'll probably see a few more of these uh, big score lines for Celtic to come over the course. Yeah, Listen, Dundee United were fairly competitive the first 20 minutes. You know, then their heads went down, a bit of a collapse. I suppose it depends how other teams play against us if they, they try and part the bus. We've started adding goals from set pieces. Maybe that's a wee bit of benefit of time spent in the training ground now and you know, working with players longer. But certainly, you know, you've got goals coming from all over the park now. So, yeah, we, we expect to see some big scores. As Jared predicted last year, he said the second season gets even better. And so it's proven to be so far. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, that was a thing. I think every Aussie and, and Japanese-based journalist who, who's told us that are probably reaping the rewards of that, Patrick, because I think it is going to happen. Um, and it probably, you know, we can go back to Sunday here. You know, Dundee United's obviously departed ways with, with Jack Ross the, this morning that was announced. Um, you know, I, I saw Chris Sutton put a tweet talking about knee-jerk reactions that the board and director up there had spoken about Jack Ross's credentials as a manager and blah, blah, blah. They wouldn't, you know, uh, move at any kind of knee-jerk reaction. Was it the word that they use? I, I don't think Dundee United is going to be the first team to get a doing off Celtic this season. I think that's going to maybe become a bit apparent for a few teams in the league. Yeah, um, I just don't think it helped Jack Ross that it's his second doing within a month. You know, I think I think he was 3 nothing down at half-time against AZ and then to go out and lose another four. And then the same with Celtic, he's 4 nothing down already, then he loses another five, you know. I think he obviously doesn't know how to sort of close shop when you're getting beat and you're getting humiliated because it, it just seems to get worse second half. So you can kind of understand where Dundee United have come from there, but it's, it is a bit early in the season. But I totally agree with, with the rest of you. I think, you know, there could be another doing, you know. Even if it's just, I'm going to say, even if it's just six or seven, that's still a pretty impressive result. But it's less than nine, obviously, and I can see us taking you know, five or six off a few teams this season, um, fingers crossed. And, you know, another impressive stat is we've only conceded one goal this season, um, and that was a corner uh, early in the second half at Ross County. So it's all, it's all boding well so far. Yeah, and that was a game, obviously, Moritz Shanks made his debut. He scored in the game. Um, he might have just, you know, it was a bit of his introduction to Scottish football. He's lost his man there. Um, you know, we, we can allow for that mistake since his goal scoring record's been pretty decent. Uh, after that, Natasha, two men in everyone's lips just now are obviously Kyogo and Abada. We'll come to Kyogo first since he got his hat-trick um, out the two of them, obviously first in the game. Uh, we heard a former Celtic and Rangers striker in sports scene say that, you know, about this soft side rule, whether it's just luck or what. I think it's just really intelligent play that he lets the play keep up with him. Um, and I think you'll, you'll see him do this in the Champions League too. But we've obviously got a semi-automated ball introduction at the Champions League which will judge when players are offside and what but 
Kyogo's not touching the ball, he's not in fear and play, he's just making his his position right because he knows that the, the defenders will eventually catch up with playing, he'll be in the right position with nobody around him. That's it, it's not luck, come on, it's just really intelligent play. Um, and Kenny should know that as, as a striker, maybe he never had that in his locker, but Kyogo is just a very intelligent footballer and and as alluded to it before as well, it's not just his goal contribution to the team, it's the positions he gets himself into, his movement off the ball that's so, so effective for our forward line. And we saw that in abundance against Dundee United. Again, how many of our goals were scored by that square ball across the six-yard box? And it's because of the movement of our front three, particularly Kyogo, that's making those balls possible. So it is, for me, just really intelligent forward play. Um, I think... Kyogo is again just another player who seems to be keep getting better and better. He just gets on with his job, he scores the goals, he makes that space for his teammates through this movement. Um, and the way he's leading the line at the moment is just absolutely fantastic. We've obviously got Giacomakis to, to come back in. He was unwell against Dundee United and, and suggested that he be back for Wednesday. Um, but Hugo's not the sort of player who's going to want a break. He's going to want to continue playing. He's going to want to continue scoring goals. But Giacomakis is going to be wanting to push for that position. Um, so it's a very good problem for Ange to have. And um, We obviously listened to, or I'm sure a lot of people have listened to the, the open goal interview with Ange where he's talking about that Kyogo-Giacomakis debate, which is something he's, he's sort of referred to before. And, you know, he doesn't see it always as, as one or the other. It doesn't always have to be that. It's just he's got a group of players available to him. Kyogo and Jack Marcus are just two of those. And who plays just depends on the game. It depends on the opposition. It doesn't need once the game's particularly going to be Jack Marcus, another's going to be Kyogo. Perhaps they can both play together. And that's just a great position to be in, to have that strength and depth, particularly in the forward line and these players who can sort of rotate through positions. And now we've gone and added um, Hashkovanovic to that as well. So another player vying for a position and um, we obviously caught up with him at the Fan Media Press Conference yesterday and he really recognises how hard it's going to be to get into that team, um, particularly on the back of nine goals and the, you know, Abad and Kyogo both scoring hat-tricks. He said he likes to play on the left or as a number 10 um, and he, you know, jokingly said that his way of, you know, making sure that he's getting his part of that squad is to score four goals so again healthy to have that competition healthy to have them all fighting for position and particularly with games you know of the caliber coming up in the Champions League with ties against Real Madrid up for grabs all these players are going to be vying for position um, and it's great that we have so many quality players doing that yeah, no, absolutely. We've got plenty of quality there. And obviously, I think had Giacomacchus been probably fit of the weekend, you would have saw him yeah. come on in the game and the baby were playing it delightly. I've got his goal. But yeah, I think that's a real good point, Natasha. And I'll come to you in this one, Lawrence. You know, those balls that we do play across at six yard box are just so, so hard to deal with. And at times, the passing's so slick and the movement's so good that it just happens for Celtic. And again, you're seeing guys like Abada come in for his first start. Obviously scored the hatchet, but before that he's making those runs out in that white right hand side area and the ball's coming in and it's just so so hard for defences to, to deal with. And adding Aksibanovic to, to that dilemma just puts us in a really, really good place going forward this season for Ange Postacoglu. Yeah, I mean we're a very quick team going forward. You know, we're playing a lot of one touch stuff, it's hard for defenders to pick up and you know, to get set because the ball's got passed about, then it's wide and it's it's not across the box. It's obviously something they're working on in training, you know, getting these balls in. And 
either Joe goes in the middle or your centre falls in the middle or, or your wingers coming out at the, the back post. So, no, it's paying di- dividends. It's something we, we saw in a few games last season, you know, from Abada, his back post runs and either getting the run in somebody for a header or, 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 or just appearing out there and, and touching it in. So, yeah, you, you know, it's, it's very much building on the work of last season. Yeah, the players are getting used to playing like this and what's expected. But I think, you know, speed-wise, it's definitely an upper level this season. You know, the one touch has had it a lot better. And I think the depth's a bit better. I mean, I thought Moy was brilliant when he came on in midfield. You know, some of his, some of his through balls were just, they were outstanding. You know, he's starting to get more minutes in his legs and you're seeing the dividend from that. It lets Callum play further forward, which is another benefit. Yeah, Rio's looked brilliant in midfield before his injury and, and at the weekend, yeah, fantastic again. So, you know, if you're the opposition, you know, it's a real problem of who the danger man is because out that front section, like, you know, every one of them is going to hurt us. Yeah, absolutely. Anyone could turn to you, but we'll come on to Aaron Moy because I think he does deserve a wee bit of a chat through, especially with that ball he plays to Dizameda for Abadas. I think that's for Abadas' hat-trick. Um, but it's six and five goal is five goals in six games no six goals in five games for Kyogo Patrick um, you know I think he's going to score an absolute barrel load this season if he remains fit he obviously got 20 and that was you know missing from January till April he was in and out for a wee bit towards the end of December but you know I think he really came to light in that League Cup final if there was any kind of doubts that anybody had I think we all knew that he was a quality player but if there was any doubt in his ability Showed his quality in that game of his goals, and his second goal at the weekend is absolutely phenomenal. Yeah, there's there's a goal of the season contender in every game at the minute. I mean, it's absolutely ridiculous. You know, Jota's got two. Um, you've obviously had the overhead kicks against Kelly as well, and then you get that one, and it's going to be stiff competition for you know goal of the month for August. Never mind goal of the season, uh, and obviously no doubt in Kyogo's ability. You, you've got a situation where you could have both. Strikers getting thirty goals this season because every time Yakimakis comes on, he seems to get a goal as well. You know, he got he done it against Hearts, done it against Kilmarnock. Would have um, did it at the just, weekend as well, there wouldn't he have? Aye, to get the tenth, aye, would have done. He would have. Yeah. If it wasn't for that illness, but it's a fantastic position to be in. I mean, the, the chances that we're creating for uh, players, I think we had something like. And I think in sports scene it said we'd 31 attempts and 13 were on target. So when you're giving guys of that quality those sort of chances, um, you are going to end up with these high score lines. Um, but I, I think, you know, there, there's definitely no doubt in Cowboys' abilities now. Definitely, in my opinion, the best striker in Scotland. Um, and obviously we've seen turned up in those big moments in the League Cup final, as you said. Yeah, and, you know, all that debate around... Uh... Jota have been the best league in Scotland. I think probably Kyogo Furuhashi wants a bit of a word with him too. Um, Natasha, obviously we had the opportunity to speak to him last week at Celtic Park after the, the Champions League draw. We've all got on to talk about the Champions League draw. He does seem like a very grounded individual. And, you know, I think he knows going into these Champions League games how, how big a chance it is for, for him to shine. You know, he's not a young player. Um, he's one of the older guys in the, the, the squad, which I think is kind of easy to forget about um, and I do imagine he's going to hit a barrel load but we were talking about Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet but if their internet comes from a cell phone network you should know it's just phone internet not home internet keep your home up to speed with Cox Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet 
Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. An older player, a younger player, obviously one of the youngest players in our squad is Leel Abada. And again, you know, last season, 15 goals, 11 assists already this season, four goals and one assist that this boy has a really special talent. And with every game, he just continues to improve his intelligence and for a young player is absolutely phenomenal. It really is. Um, and I think, again, he's one who's just going to improve over the course of the season. And what I like about him is that he takes every chance he gets in terms of game time on the pitch. He knows, again, like we've discussed, that there's a lot of competition for those places. Given the number of games that we're going to be playing, there is going to be rotation. And his job is to make sure that when it's his turn, when he gets his chance, he absolutely grabs it with both hands. And I mean, just look at his performance um, and the goals he got against Dundee United. That is really a player grabbing his opportunity with two hands and saying to the manager, you can't drop me. You know, you need to be starting me. I'm playing the games against Rangers. I'm playing the games against Real Madrid. Um, And I I like that. I like his work ethic. I like his determination. Um, and something else I liked about Abada was, you know, his willingness to come out and take, you know, the, the post-match press conference as well or the interview um, immediately after the game. For someone that young, whose first language is in English, to come out and, you know, put your, yourself forward for that that live interview, again, is, is a confidence that I like about the guy um, and a willingness to put himself up for that and to, to speak about the game. Great, great, you know, good for him. He seems to be settling really well into the squad. He seems to be a really liked member of the team. So, yeah, for a, for a bad, a brilliant last season and only getting better this season. Yeah, no doubt about it. I'm sure we'll see him feature even more for Celtic. And some of our commenters are coming in to say here, Alan Robertson, Abada, his quality, his stats are outstanding for a 20-year-old, absolutely. Um, and I'm sure you'll see a lot more of him. And again, it just shows you how good the, the depth is in the, the, the squad just now at Celtic. Lawrence, I want to come to you on Carl Starfield. It was his first appearance for Celtic since we, you know, that, that 6-0 mauling of Motherwell and then Trophy Day. Um... And there he might be even on the phone, Carl Starfelt, to, to talk about that. But Carl Starfelt, he got his goal again at the weekend. It's becoming a bit of a regular occurrence to headers. Do you think that's him in now for the big games and we're back to this partnership? Uh, yeah, I think Angel will go with him just because they've got more experience at the back. I prefer, from what I've seen of Jens, I prefer him. I think he's more of a threat in the box, but you know, Starfelt got two this season. You know, he's certainly improved immeasurably on, on last season's numbers of goals. Uh, but, yeah, for me, I, I think Starfield's going to come in. Uh, Andrew's on record, doesn't like to tinker too much with the defence. You know, some really big games we've got coming up. I, I think he's going to go with more with tried and tested than with, with putting Jens in. Although, you know, I think Jens looks more natural at, at left-hand side of the defence. I think he's probably more of a threat as well. You know, he's, he's, he's what six four starts. Carol Starfield's six foot, so yeah. But I, I think Starfield's that, that's some back in p- position, and I think it's going to be Yanovich, Karavikas, Starfield, and, and Taylor. That's just going to be kind of settled on that now. Yeah, but we'll, we'll come on to that kind of later on. But just very quickly, just a yes or no from both of both of you guys, Patrick. Is it Starfield back in now? I think so. Yes, Natasha. <laughs> yes. Hello. Yeah, I, yeah, yes. I know it was a yes or no, so I've said yes. That's it. Yeah, yeah I, I was of the opinion that I thought if Yance played at Tannadice, it would be likely that he would be the man in 
to go for these games, but I think obviously Ange knows what he gets from these two as a pairing, um, and be back in, and it was good for him to get those minutes under his belt. But listen, we all can want to talk about Ross County. You might see more Jensen introduced for that game once again to use the squad a bit, but um, that that's us and. And Dundee United, apart from uh, Aaron Moy, who went to come to you yeah. with Patrick, um, he came on at the weekend. He's been needing minutes. You know, Ange admitted that he admitted that himself when he spoke to the, the, the press when he came in. And with minutes, has become a very, very good player. That Ange Postecoglou knew everything he was getting with him, having already, you know, had him um, as a player under him, and the, the national setup as Australia. And I do think possibly Wednesday might be the the chance that Adam Moy gets his first competitive start for Celtic. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Um, I can see a few changes for Wednesday. But, you know, he played really, really well. And you can see he's getting better. You know, he can be a bit maybe off the pace. I mean, he's only on the pitch for 15, 20 minutes when he does come on. So, you know, it's it's easy for a substitute to be off the pace a wee bit. But he was he done really, really well um, on uh, on Sunday there. And, you know, the, I think it's the eighth goal we're talking about when uh, Maeda and Abada and stuff. At least two of those guys are uh, on the substitute bench most weeks because usually if Maeda plays, Abada doesn't. Um, and if Abada plays, obviously, on Sunday there, Maeda was on the bench. So yep. it's a fantastic goal because the one from Maeda takes a left back away and then Abada can get in. It's, and it's a brilliant finish. But, you know, just on Aaron Moy, um, you know, I think the only problem I maybe raised on here when we signed him about a month ago or two was his age, and I think that was the only problem most Celtic fans had with him, because you know he played for Brighton, Huddersfield and the national team, so he's a quality player, it's just, you know, been 31 and I think, you know, he's proven his doubters wrong, um, and I think if he does start, which I think he will on Wednesday mm. um, I'm sure he'll, he'll, he'll absolutely boss it. Yeah, um, you know, there's so much creativity Natasha in that Celtic midfield, they've not even spoken about Matt O'Reilly, Real Hitati Callum McGregor, but I just thought Aaron Moy was one to pick out, just you know, he's been one who's not had a light really shown on him. We could probably do a whole podcast and the the three I've just mentioned there. Again, top top performances from those guys at the weekend. But I think with Aaron Moy, you you've got a player in here that's going to add you something to the squad that we needed, especially with the departures and Beaton and Tom Rogic. And he's an intelligent football player, and he does the basic things so so well. Um, you know, you expect your midfielder to pick out your own player, but he always sits a good in the white jersey. And he's ball at the weekend to hit Maeda with that pass. You know, if the Dundee United team went already zapped, it just takes it the whole team with that pass. Yeah, it does. I was really impressed with Adam Moy. I think what he offers in the middle of that park, in the middle of the park, compared to the players that you've mentioned, is something different. He's a different type of player to to that type of player. Um, and it's his range of passing for me that sort of differentiates him from the others in terms of that he's got that sort of game he's not the quickest that's fine but he's got these inch perfect passes these long range passes which we don't tend to see so much from the other players that we've we've mentioned and he you know he gets stuck into we saw a bit of that I think for me where his value is going to be in terms of the the squad and the setup that we've got is you know more as a squad player a substitute who comes on perhaps in the second half of games into that number six role as we're trying to sort of see games out um and then he's going to be particularly effective when the opposition are pre- probably, you know, tiring after chasing players like Hatati and Abada and Maeda and Kyogo all game. Then you bring on someone like Aaron Moy, who's going to be getting pressed a lot less. He'll have more time on the ball and he can ping these long passes that just, like you say, absolutely zap the energy of, of a team who are already tired in that second half. Um, and it's balls like the ones that he played to Maeda, like we've touched on, that, that are just going to be that sort of, 
different thing that he brings to to the middle of the park, and I'm I'm excited to see more of him. I'm not I'm not entirely sure he starts on Wednesday. To be honest, um, I think he might get game time in the second half, but I'm not sure that he's a starter. We can come on and discuss what we think the team will look like, but I think we're more likely to see you know maybe a player like Turnbull come back into the squad. Um, I don't think McGregor will get you know any rest time. So I'm not sure there's a place for Moy to start. It'll be interesting. Um, but I think he will definitely get some sort of game time on Wednesday night. Yeah, and the more game time for him, the better, I think, going forward for, for Celtic just now. Um, talking about Lila Bada probably brings us on. No, it's the Lord. It's a, I think we, we should probably touch on this because Dermot Gallagher gets his ref watch on a Monday in Sky Sports. We'll do your ref watch on this one. <laughs> and one of our commentators has mentioned that Paddy's come in to say, one minute. Extra time for umpteen substitutes. Now, Lawrence, and um, before you get your part on this, you know the referee's job is not to be uh, emotionally attached to a game of football; it's to play by the rules fairly. If that was one nil or nil nil, to either team, it'd have been added on four or five minutes with the amount of subs that happened. I don't know where he gets one minute from. Yeah, ridiculous decision. Yeah, you know, Celtic could have set a record score. They could have beaten an all-time record score. With an, you know, if you play five minutes extra, uh, you know, so those players on the park have been cheated out of the chance to set an all-time record score. There, it's oh, it, it's just baffling, you know, especially when they said, "Listen, we're, we're going to be make it a bit clearer: thirty seconds per goal, thirty seconds per sub." So as we know exactly how much it should be, and there's a bit of clarity about it. So they seem to have brought it out, and then the ref just ignores it. Yeah, no, absolutely. And obviously, as you touched on there, four goals too in the second half. So I don't know where he gets that from. There's probably a reason why I think McLean only refereed one Celtic game and that was a, a League Cup game in its race overs last season. I just think it's you know a, a bit of a strange one. As I say, I don't think his job is to be emotionally attached to Dundee United or any club that's in the, you know, the other end of a 9-0 mauling. Um, it's to play the rules fairly. And I think in any other game, no, no, one, no, whatever, a tight game. They played a lot more time, but yeah, we want to do the Dermot Gallagher uh, segment there with you, Lawrence. And the, I, the, I totally agree with what you said. The, the Fletcher booking, I'm thinking that's if it's a fair challenge, you know, and it's an accidental collision, there's no booking. But if he's late, you know, it's dangerous. He studs it up, he's kept keeping ahead. It's a red card. I just don't even see where a yellow comes in yet from the, from the ref. You're either saying you're, the ball's there to be won and it's a fair challenge. It's just an accident collision. Well, why are you yellow camera again? Yeah, it, did. it looked like a, it looked like a sword one. To be fair, um, looked late. Uh, yeah, and all praise to Joe Hart for for playing on in that one. That I'm not too sure about the rules around that. Um, it looked, you know, and again, but we're talking about the United earlier on. That goes in. It's a completely different game. I, I think up there, another great save from Joe Hart, and well done to him for playing on because if you're Probably five minutes maybe into the game. If your goalkeeper's going off, then you're naturally you're, you're a wee bit worried. But he played on and another clean sheet for Joe Hart. Um, we'll move on to, to Owen Moffat with you, Patrick. Um, now, we're talking about Leila Bad there. We've got a player there, 15 goals, 11 assists last season already, four goals, one assist this season. Owen Moffat, 20 years of age. We saw him feature twice in the league last season. He came on, up, came on in the game up in Dingwall when Ralston got that late winner. He played at St Mirren um, in that 0-0 draw when a lot of Celtic fans thought that the league was over and he obviously came on in the League Cup final. But we saw very little moments of him last season, but his uh, departure to Blackpool permanently has been confirmed today. 
Yeah, I was quite surprised when I seen that. Um, obviously, that was announced <clears throat> about 20 minutes before we came on. Um, yeah, I didn't realise how little game time he had. I thought he played a lot more than that, but obviously you just sort of remember things differently. Um, I'm not too sure. Uh, I, thought, I thought he was a decent player. Uh, obviously, it's a bit difficult when you've got, you know, a bad of what is six goals in five games or something, and then we've just signed Haskabanovic, obviously Jota and Maeda. You get Forrest and probably... Um, Mikey Johnson as well ahead of Owen Moffat so there is a lot of competition for places um, I'm sur- it, I think it must have been the player that wanted to go because I think we'd have tried a loan or something uh, before eventually selling him but yeah just a bit surprised you know I wish him all the best I don't think we're losing anything short term you never know long term the type of player he can become but um, I'm just a wee bit surprised yeah, I've been interested in wanting to see how his career develops down south. Natasha, I wish you were taking this one, but I think what Patrick touches on there is a really good point. At 20, he's still playing the B team for Celtic. He's probably looking at the other wingers ahead of him at the club and thinking, I've got absolutely no chance here of breaking into that team. Um, and he's maybe just thinking he had to go down south to, to prove himself and an offer was on the table for him. He's maybe thought, you know, we've had this conversation before on here that for his career to progress and develop, he just had to make that move away from Celtic. Yeah, absolutely. But I probably agree with um, what Patrick has said there, that maybe a loan move would have been slightly better. Um, go out and get a little bit more first-team experience in a perhaps, you know, sort of more competitive setting than the B team's is at the moment um, in terms of like, you know, the standard of football that they're playing at, I suppose, in terms of rather than competitiveness. But yeah, maybe go and try and play at a slightly higher level of football, see how that turns out for them over the course of a season. You know, sadly, and we, we don't want to talk about this, but players like, you know, Jota, Maeda, Abada, they're not going to be there forever. So, you know, he's only 20. I know same sort of similar age to Abada. Um, but yeah, I'm surprised that he's decided to move on at this sort of earlier stage in his career. But I'm mostly surprised that Blackpool have announced that he's going to be part of their development team setup. Um, so you know he's not going in in his first team squad there either. So again, he's going to go. He's really just sort of switching one B team for another B team. Um, maybe his view is that he's got more chance of breaking into the first team at Blackpool with the players they have compared to Celtic with the players we have. Um, Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. It's the Marketer's Report. This week, Patrizia Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on the difficult task of building and retaining consumer trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy, and we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. The best thing for us to do is to build a relationship with our consumers. And if those consumers have a relationship with the DJs that are on air, then we want to build on that. House of the Dragon, which was one of our most successful, if not the most successful campaign we've ever done for a show, audio is a core part of that. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. Not just a media company, iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. 
yeah, a shame to see him go, but, you know, good luck to him if, if it was his choice, if it was the club's choice, then it is what it is. Um, we're well covered in, in that position. Yeah, we're absolutely well covered, but I think there is a, a point to, to be made in that. As you say, probably a deal maybe Celtic would have been looking to do would have been a loan move, but, you know, ultimately it's probably been up to Owen Moffat and, you know, as you say, even though he's going into that development squad down at Blackpool, he might just see the pathway into the, the first team down there, um, a better opportunity for him to, to break in um, and let his career progress. But I, I'm sure we all wish him the, the very best and it'll be one to, to keep our eye on. Um, but yeah, I think Lawrence kind of feeds back in, but we've spoken about it on here loads and loads of times about pathways into the first team, development into the first team, obviously. I think it was last week or just before that, it was announced that obviously Tommy McIntyre had departed the set up there. Dan and Stephen McManus now joint um, joint coaches of the, the, the B team. I've been interested to see how they progress this season. Obviously, a guy like Johnny Kenny, who you'd maybe imagine would have featured quite a lot from. He's been out of Queen's Park, so probably some of the, the starlets you'd maybe have picked on that B team have went out and won what you would describe obviously as a, as a higher level to the Lowland League. But one move that I'm finding really, really interesting just now, and from what I read yesterday, it's back on, is Dylan Reid from St Mirren. Um, do, do you think, obviously, I think Ange's said in comments that I've read before on this that McManus and O'Day are, are doing you know any transfer business like that completely separate from his uh, scouting but I find that pretty interesting that Celtic's looking at a player that's obviously featured for St Man's first team but I'd imagine any deal for Dylan Reid would mean that the 17 year old would probably go into Celtic's B team set up <clears throat> You know it's sent half you'd think that's where he's going uh, I suppose we've talked about loads of time you know nothing's truly re- Replace the reserve league for the, the standard that the player or, or, or what the players learn. You know, it was great for bringing players back from injury. You're talking about guys needing minutes. You know, they would get that compared to in the reserve league. It's it's something we, we need, need to try and solve. Dylan Reid, yeah, you'd think he, he, he'd come in. You know, it's, it's probably McManus in a day's job to identify people that's going to add value and, you know, get potential to make it to the first team in the future if they're going out and bring them in. You've got to look at it, you know, I suppose on Moffat's looked at it. I'm surprised he's been into our development squad. I thought there'd be a better option for him. But you've got to look where you're going to get minutes as a player, how you're going to develop. And and for Dylan Reid, you know, I'd be surprised if he, you know, he's already played for someone's first team. If, if he was to choose Celtic's B team over that, you know, it's kind of, is that going to be best for his development? Because, you know, you heard Motherwell talking about it a few years ago when they had a lot of young players coming through. The offer they could make to young players is like, you do well in training. You're playing in the Premier League, you're in a team. It's not you're in a B team or, you know, you've got maybe five minutes here and there or you'll get in the match of the squad. The offer is, you know, you'll get in the team. Which, when we look at players we're put out on loan, Christie, Ayer, etc., and they got those minutes in the Premier League. Certainly helped them develop. So you, you can see why it's attractive for a younger player to go and, go and get minutes uh, at a decent level. Blackpool development squad. I'm not too sure that's the level. But Natasha said, you know, Moffat maybe thinks he'll get in that first team quicker. But yeah, but yeah, Dylan Reid. If it comes, I'd be surprised. You know, if he's swapping potentially start for some number. I played in the SPL play for a B team I'd be surprised at. Yeah it's an interesting one he was left out the St team at the weekend not even in the squad for St Mern at the weekend he's featured you know kind of bit part player for, for St Mern and supposedly you know from what I'd read that 
you know, the buddies had accepted that the Celtic bid to fight the market has changed a wee bit since then. And it was ultimately Dylan Reid who then said, no, he didn't fancy it. But I don't know whether there's been a breakdown within his relationship between him and Stephen Robinson at the club or, or just chances that he's going to get that he maybe just sees this as a, a better move. And, and listen, you know, Celtic could bring him in and, and loan him out to, to wherever, obviously. We've seen guys like Adam Montgomery who played uh, a, a bit for Celtic last season. He's out loan at St Johnson. You've got Liam Skills at Aberdeen. Um, Johnny Kane, obviously, I've touched on at Queen's Park. A few other boys out loan. So, interesting one to, to, to see. And that'll bring us on to, to, to transfers probably just now. There's obviously two days to go in the window, Patrick. We've brought eight players in. It's been busy for Celtic. We've certainly improved the squad. Um, to think back to that old Peter Lowell quote of, you know, you go into a transfer window and you want to come out stronger for a, for a change. We've definitely did that. Um, I think any window under hands, we've definitely did that. Even losing guys like Roger and Beaton, we've still strengthened the squad. Um, Sietak Sabanovic, the, the, the latest guy in. Natasha touched on him earlier. I liked his wee quip yesterday when they were asking him, how does he get into a team? And, you know, when two players, I think it was boys from uh, four times in a podcast that asked him it and they said, well, if they score three, I'll score four. <laughs> that is quite good actually. Uh, I it's it it's it's been a it's definitely been a good window, you know. Um I think there was only a handful of windows under Peter Lowell where you could definitely say without a doubt before a ball was kicked that you came out stronger. Um you know, we'd obviously won those four trebles in a row, but um on the open goal interview, um, you know, Ange said, you know, he's got he's got four or five different wingers and they all do different things and I expect Hatskabanovich will be exactly the same, you offer something different completely to the four that they've already got because why have two players who can do the exact same job? Um, I, it's, it's been a fantastic window overall. Um, unsure if we're going to get anyone else in. Obviously, Ross Barkley's probably the name at the moment. Um, I'm not too keen on that personally. Um, you know, I don't think he'd be a first-team starter and then whether he'd take a wage cut or not. You know, We've seen guys like McCarthy who you think might walk into the team but then end up sitting on the bench for loads of money. Um, so I, it's been a good window so far. I'd be happy if we never signed anyone else. I think the squad's uh, fantastic as it is. You know, he, he said as well, you know, two guys competing for every position. You know, when have we ha- ever had that? Uh, you know, it was sort of Ralston and Jovanovic you had last season and then towards the end Kyle going Yakimakis. But this season you've truly got two guys in every single position, especially with Burnaby coming into the team now. Um, so I, I think it's a fantastic window Yeah, I think Celtic's recruited well in this window we, we, you know, some players have came in that we've, we've not known too much about and once again, you know, Angie's eye for a player works and again, it's really, really interesting I read some of Angie's comments in James Forrest um, in the press today and he was talking about how important a player he is in the, the, the dressing room I know he's a, a player who divides opinion a bit amongst Celtic fans but um I think that was in that open goal interview. I read it in one of the papers this morning. And, you know, the biggest thing I got here, they said, you, you need guys like him. And that's why we re-signed him last year. So, obviously, Ange was also a part of getting him back in. He said he's still very much a part of the club. And even though he's not played a lot of football yet this season, he'll play a big part in what we're trying to do. Um, when you're building a football team, it's not just about the team itself. It's about the people you've got in the building and how you can build a culture. That's something we've obviously spoken a lot about on here as a culture that's Celtic. So, very interesting. Natasha, as I've said, there's been eight in. We've got some of the big earners. Um, Werner is the player going to come up against in Leipzig and things are dropping. It's all ticking off on here. Um, 
but we've got some of the big earners off the wage bill. Julian's obviously departed. We knew that Beton and Rogic were going to go. Um, who else do you still think probably needs to, to move out the door for, for Celtic's perspective in terms of wage saving and even for their careers to progress? I think the obvious one's obviously a Yeti. Um, I think that we're very much looking to, to get him off the books. And like Ange mentioned, whether anyone else comes in is going to be dependent on who's going out. And I think probably the the key person still to, to move on is a Yeti. I think we'd also be looking for a move, be that permanent or loan for Mikey Johnson. Um, so those are the two shifts that I think he'll still be looking at. I think he'll still be trying to get something done for them. And whether that happens might then make someone come in the way. Um, whether that's Barclay... I don't know. Like I'm probably Patrick on that one. It's not one that particularly excites me. I'm not sure that he's the sort of player we need. But again, like we say all the time, if Ange thinks so, then I'm fairly on board with it because he doesn't tend to make many wrong calls in terms of the transfer market, if any. Um, and yeah, I, I agree with what you know you guys are saying. This is a really good transfer window. And yes, we absolutely have strengthened. Um, something that people have, have mentioned, which Andrew addressed in that interview we've been talking about, was, well, you know, two of the key signings were Jota and Carter Vickers. Are you really strengthening when they are the same players that were here last season? And I really liked his response on that, which was, they're not the same player from last season. We haven't bought, you know, Jota and Carter Vickers from last season. They're this season's Jota and Carter Vickers who are only going to keep getting better. And he thinks, as I do, their best games are still ahead of them. You know, so we've got these players in now who have so much potential, who are going to continue improving, who are going to continue getting better um, in terms of what they can offer to the team. So we have strengthened simply by retaining those two players for another season and a season after that, and hopefully many seasons after that too. Um, so we absolutely have strengthened and the players we've brought in around that as well. Again, really positive about the one that, you know, we're still excited to see is obviously Hashkovanovic. Haven't seen what he'll look like yet, the sort of impact he's going to be able to have on the team. So even if we don't bring anyone else in, I think this is a very, very, very good transfer window. Um, whether we do bring Barkley in, I, I'm not sure. Um, I think people have mentioned before, do we need him and Moy and McCarthy? I don't think so. Um, we'll see. But I think if... I had to bet on it. I don't see any more incomings, but I don't see that as a problem either because the squad's in really, really good shape. Yeah, I think that's fair enough. Lawrence, what's your take on this? I would agree that with Natasha on the, the stuff around Jota and Carter Vickers, you know, when the window opened, they were not Celtic players and Celtic did have to, to part with the money, even though if it was in the option to buy, um, you know, budgets are set. That is how Celtic work. As a football club, we don't tend to, to go out and spend six million, um, you know, early on in the window obviously that Champions League money was a bonus having it I, I, I'm probably still of the, the perspective that had Celtic not qualified maybe automatically for this, the Champions League they would have held back like they have did in previous seasons but I think lessons are starting to be, be learned within the building we're, we're doing our business early and it's put us in a right good place do, do you think there'll be any more incoming signings? But listen, we're always pretty prudent as a football club. You, you know, we don't have outstanding bills at the news agents or face painters or anything like that. So, yeah, I think qualifying for the Champions League, let's speculate, you know, and get players in early. You know, if a Yeti goes, Mikey Johnson goes, 
it, it, it will free up some money. But you, you may be looking at Scott Robertson, who I really like as a player. A couple of crack and loan seasons. Doesn't seem any near match they squad. If we've got another centre-half in, would we let Welsh go? Because he seems to be dropping down the pecking order all the time. And I don't think he's done anything wrong when he's played, but I'm not too sure, you know, how high up in the, in the manager's plans he is. So I know we've had a couple of bids from him in the past, haven't we? You know, one from Udinese. So. Yeah, French teams too have also shown interest in Stephen Welsh. So it, it's maybe looking at who's out there and, and who would add value, you know, if you've got a crack in centre-half. Who knows? We, we may do that and, and then say, "Well, we can afford to move Welsh out either on loan because I think we, he should go on loan, develop him, get minutes in his legs, then come back." You know, I, I really don't know what's going on with Robertson. Two cracking loan deals, but he's he, you know he's not involved in a match day squad. And we're talking about bringing in an midfield and Ross Barkley, who you know, I think would maybe a wee bit what light in attacking midfielders. I think you could possibly you know challenge. O'Reilly up there if you can get back back to match fitness you know he's definitely a decent level of player you know he's got the premiership experience I take point you know McCarthy came in he had a few injuries you know he still played enough games to get to get a league winner's medal but there was Joe Hart come in <laughs> you know uh, so it's maybe the two extremes there so Ross Bartlett 28 I think he'll definitely add something to the squad uh, I, I've heard that you know the other side of the city are interested in him as well. It, it, you know, it wasn't unknown for Peter Lyle just to sign players. Maybe Scott Allen. Yeah. The, the, the other side were interested in the past. Yeah, you know, apparently were interested in Chris Collins as too. So yeah, I would take partly. Can I see see more action happening? You know, I'd definitely like to see a Yeti go. Probably Mikey Johnston go on loan. And then the other players are met. Robertson, you know, I don't think it's going to happen for him at Celtic. He's so probably sell him, get money to reinvest in the squad. Stephen Welsh, you know, if you're getting our centre half in, put him out in loan, get minutes in those legs. Uh, Remember and, though that UEFA and see what deals are Stephen, there. Stephen Welsh, it's going to be important because if you do move Mikey Johnson out, you know, I've spoken about this homegrown rule, you are going to need people in there from the one set up, the Celtic set up. So, there needs to be a wee bit of balance with that. Well, I, do totally. think Ange, Ange I think that's why McCarthy stays, isn't it? You know, as well. No reason why McCarthy he, he's part he's of that homegrown rule too, because obviously he started out at Hamilton, absolutely. Um, but it's interesting with that kind of feeding into it, because that will be, you know, Ange Post will be aware, aware of that, that he needs that rule, or you're a man down within your match day squad, you know, at the Champions League. Um, but but Stephen Welsh, I think he's one who will still get minutes this season, you know, we. I was in the, the post-match with Ange after the Aberdeen game he obviously scored in the opening day and he said a really important part of what he's going to do here like probably what we were saying about Moffat earlier on you know Natasha you were talking about those forward players maybe not being here forever that could be the case with Cameron Carter-Vickers and other players so I think guys like Stephen Welsh are important to, to hang around um, if he's happy with where he is at the club just now he's probably you know just happy to be part of the Celtics setup. up um, another name in that list that you mentioned there Lawrence I think you kind of cleared that the decks with the guys that are in everybody's tongues is Liam Shaw obviously out in Motherwell on loan last season definitely don't think Liam Shaw was an Ange Postacoglu signing he was in the door before Sazi Udegidi before Ange was even in the door um, and the big man who looked fairly okay in Ange's first pre-season don't think it's going to really happen for him at Celtic it might be one who the club looked to to move on but 
But apart from, I think I'll be the 80s a man in everybody's lips. You know, £5 million he came up here for two years ago. It's not happened. We knew he was bought to play in a 3-5-2. Angie ain't going to be accommodating I'll be the 80s anytime soon. There has been bites for him. Um, and hopefully he does the part, even if it's just you know a small percentage of his wages getting paid. Because even when you look at Lennox Town clips or, or images, you don't really see him involved. And much like Chris Julian, I imagine just that Angie's had a word with him and saying, "You're not part of the plans here. It's time to go." Yeah, and you know he was walking about in trophy day with the sunglasses on, not not be a care in the world. You know he's. I don't even know if he's fit. You know, I don't even know if he's back from his injury. Um, I've not got a clue because he's just he's never in the in the squad. He's never in training. Um, you don't really hear about him, and you, you can absolutely guarantee that he's got you know a big a big wage. You know, probably eighteen twenty grand a week. And I think it was actually you said to me when he first signed. You know, David Moyes hadn't heard of him when he was asked about a year he going to Celtic. Goes, I don't know who that is. So I think it was doomed to fail from the beginning, really. Um, you know, he, I don't think he ever really impressed, did he? Apart from maybe one or two weeks where he got a couple of goals. Just a disaster for start to finish, really. Him and Barkas got to be up there with two of the worst signings we've ever made. But, um, you know, I'm not really selling him to other clubs here, am I? Um, <laughs> he's brilliant. He's actually try fantastic. And, he's all... Try and talk him up a bit. He was unlucky until <laughs> really he got that injury get... against Hibs. Uh, don't forget, uh, he's got he's a, a brilliant few player goals. Guy. You need to sign him up. Um, yeah. No. Hopefully he goes and, you know... McCarthy, you know, I think there was talk of a loan a couple of weeks ago, um, maybe at the beginning of August. Um, that seems to have gone quiet. And then, you know, Mikey Johnson as well, there was the loan to Belgium about a month ago. That's gone quiet as well. So, I don't know. I think Ayeti's definitely the main one, though. Need to get, need to get rid of him because he's nowhere near the team. Yeah, and he's probably the biggest earner that, that's left, maybe apart from James McCarthy. But I think one of the, the sticking stones is that UEFA match squad probably Natasha James McCarthy and the fact that Celtic Goodman are free which is probably justifying the wages about and there was even an image that appeared uh, last Friday with Ange giving him a, a good old cuddle at Lennox Town so he seems to be a part of the plans I don't think he'll be moving on probably anywhere but would you agree that guys like a Yeti probably needs to go and I think at this point you know we've spoken about Mikey Johnson so much I don't think he was in was he on the bench on Sunday Mikey Johnson? From memory, I can't remember. Um, somebody will tell us in the comments. But I think for a wee bit of his career to progress, I, I listened to Peter Grant the other week uh, and Go Radio saying that the, the boy needs game time. You know, he's not he's not like James Forrest, where you know he's towards the end of his career. He's still very much at you know the start right, with the amount of games that he's played, and he does need game time to, to, to possibly you know show Ange what he can do. Yeah, that he needs game time regardless of where it is now. You know, Mikey Johnson isn't as young as he was. Um, you know, he's not, you know, a sort of 18, 19 year old trying to break through. Um mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. 
and regardless of whether that's a loan option or a permanent option, he needs to go somewhere and play football at this stage of his career. It's absolutely vital. I think something we've discussed before is that he's a, a confidence player. He gets better with more game time. And he is at Celtic right now just not getting that game time. And there is no real prospect of him getting that game time that he needs with the players that he's got in front of him. So for his own career, his own development, it needs to be a move. Could that be a loan move? Like we've touched on, these players move on. Is there then a role for him? Um, so does he go on loan, try and get that game time that he needs, get his confidence up and come back? Or does he just think that he needs to start somewhere else um, that's going to guarantee him more game time and a sort of, you know, relatively more secure basis with a permanent contract somewhere? I don't know. But if I was his agent right now, I'd definitely be looking. And if I was him right now, I would be looking for a move somewhere. And I'm sure Celtic are definitely trying to help with that. And you mentioned it relatively early in the window that a loan move for Mikey Johnson was something that he was looking for. So I'm relatively surprised that that's not been sorted yet. Um, but I think the key thing, if it is a loan move for Mikey, I think the key thing is that it needs to be to the right sort of team. And this is maybe something we've discussed here before. But there's no point him going to a team that are going to be on the back foot for you know 80, 90% of their games because that's not going to let him develop the way that he wants to develop. If you know we're looking at a team who plays long balls and isn't really utilising their wingers, again, that's not the sort of place that Mikey's going to go and develop his football in the way that he needs to. So it's not only about finding him a move, it's about finding him the right move for him as a player with the right team. So maybe maybe that's that's been slight hold up. To be honest, I'm surprised it's not been hips. Um, again, I know they aren't playing the sort of football. That... I, would, I wouldn't wish that and how uh, Mikey <laughs> Johnson got your hips. The, the only no thing, the thing, the thing that made me think that that might have been an option was the McGeady injury. Um, mm. I don't know if even him for the opportunity to go in and sort of take that over from McGeady while he's injured. Lem for someone like McGeady might have been a good option for him. Um, but obviously, the way that things are going at hips at the moment is perhaps why that one's not worked out. But yeah. I hope he I hope he finds something. Um and maybe that's gonna be one that we see pushed through in the last couple of days of the window. Maybe we've been looking at options, waiting to see what arises. Other teams have been doing the same thing. Um and that'll be one that ha- we see in the next sort of forty eight hours. Yeah, we'll see what happens with that. I think obviously as you see Natasha there, born up at the end of this week where these players future lies. And um, thanks to Patrick there, another Patrick in the comments telling that Mikey Johnson wasn't in the bench um, on Sunday and again you know there's Jakimakis dropping out the team due to an illness it'd probably be the time that if Ayeti and Johnson were you know part of the plans or fit or whatever would be getting that chance in the bench due to Jacko dropping out but but not featured on it and we've got roughly about 10 minutes left so we'll try and touch on County Lawrence um, obviously being up there this season 1-3-1 eventually got there in the end um, do you imagine that Ange will make too many changes for this game? No, I wouldn't think he'd make too many. Uh, he'd make changes during the game, but I, I wouldn't expect to see too many changes to the starting lineup. Um, I'd probably start with Starfield again. I think he's probably needing minutes. You, you know, he got a decent one out. Big Fletcher, you know, he, he's a decent striker. He, he gave him a bit, a bit of a workout, uh, certainly the first 20 minutes. But, you know, rotate the team for Wednesday. I think we're a bit early for rotation. If we're if we're getting f- fatigued at this beginning start, you know, part of the season, it, it, it's a worry. Uh, I don't think it'll change too much, but I think you know, fully expect to see, you know, all five subs used. I, th- I think Ange, but maybe we need to stop thinking about players getting dropped and 
because he uses the five sub really, really well, doesn't he? Uh, yeah. You know, you expect. No, I don't think that's a word he's, he uses. It's not in his vocabulary. Players getting dropped, is it? It's just a bit yeah. rotation. Yeah, it's it, it, it's somebody like a bad. You know, he's going to get minutes. You know, Hammermeyer will get minutes. Jack Marcus killed it. Both of them will get minutes in a game. So, yeah, I expect expect to see, to see him yet again make use of the squad. But I don't think it'll change much to the starting lineup. You know, we're playing a fairly agreed Ross County. Uh, maybe I came out with that. A point to prove, you know, we'll feel hard done by in the last game. So, yeah, it'll, it'll be a challenge up there as it always is, but I'm sh- sure one that will overcome. Yeah, obviously, Patrick, it's been a competition that we've been very successful in in recent years. I don't think you can underestimate how important it was to, to get the League Cup over the line before December, um, I think it gave all of us as fans a real happiness and belief again in our team that you know we could go and, and do something and get that league title over the line and it gave obviously a lot of the, the group that their first uh, taste of silverware, I think there's a lot of good points in that, that that Lawrence makes there, you know players will be given opportunities this season, I don't think Ange Postacoglu's got a set starting 11 um, do you think there'll be many changes and I want to just bring in one of our, our comments here from Alan Robertson, who's asking, do you think that Benjamin Segrist should be made our cup goalkeeper? So build that into what you're going to tell me about what Ange Postecoglou is going to do tomorrow night. Um, aye, uh, maybe with that head knock to heart, maybe I Segrist could play because I, I, you know it is a cup game as well. Um, you know I think he'll stick with the same back four. Um, I think it'll maybe be McGregor, Hatati, and Moy in the midfield and then you know the front three it's, it's difficult whether you go with Maeda or Abada I think you have to go with Abada don't you uh, Jota Kyogo and Abada um, you know maybe give Yakamakis a bit more time to come back from the illness um, but I it, it, it has been massive for us you know ever since um, Ronnie won it in 2015 I think there's only been two seasons where we haven't won it, um, which was 2016 and 2021, I think. Yeah, that's right. Yep. St. Johnston and was it Ross County that won it the following season after Rory? That right? Aye, they beat Hibs. Aye. Yeah. Um, aye. Uh, so, aye, big competition for us. And I think Ange said at the time, or I think it was at the end of last season, he said, you know, he wanted to have something to show for it. You know, all that work that he'd done in the first half of the season. And I think he said it was actually like playing two seasons. You know, there were so many games in the first half, it was like playing two seasons and he wanted to have something to show for it. And, you know, we did that. Um, and, you know, it's a, it's a competition I like because it sort of staggers your season. You've got something to work towards in the first half. Then you can sort of focus on the Scottish Cup in the second half. Um and you know, Ross County will be, you know, it's a game that we should be winning if we're near enough full strength. So I looking forward to it. Yeah, interesting to see what Malcolm McKay does to I'd imagine the league might be more his focus at this point in time, if not the the best of starts, uh, the staggies, but we'll see how that goes. Natasha, a lot of commentators are uh, commenters are coming in and saying four changes for tomorrow night, so when I'm saying three What's your take on this? And just to pick up Jerry asking, does Haksabanovic fit to play on Wednesday night? I don't think we'll maybe see him for maybe another week to two weeks, possibly. You might see him featuring the bench at one point, but due to, um, you know, I don't think he's really had a proper pre-season. He obviously been out for that wee loan spell at Jord Gardens in Sweden. I think he's been training the majority uh, of the time alone, so I don't think you'll see him yet. How many changes do you think we'll make for tomorrow night's uh, visit to Dingwall? Um, I think it's 
Sorry for a number on it, um, but if I'm thinking through it, then I wouldn't be surprised to see Seagrist coming from Hart. I don't think that's because Angel have a cup keeper as such, but more to do with the fact that, you know, Hart did take that knock. Um, if we want to give him slightly more time to recover, then although he's a jump straight back up, but if we're, you know, being a little bit more sensible about it, then maybe we put Seagrist in against Ross County and give Hart the break. I'd also probably put Ralston in at right back. Um, again, give Yura a bit of a break and I do think it's a that sort of game is one that fits Ralston well. Um there's a bit of debate in my head about what we would do with Starfelt or Jens. Um I think play both. I think Starfelt and Carter Vickers are going to be um the the key to I think we saw that by Starfelt coming back in. Jens had been doing exceptionally well for me. I thought he'd been playing really, really well, but with Starfelt coming back in against Dundee United, I think that was an indication of Ange wanting Carter Vickers and Starfelt to have more time together before we get into the games like, you know, Rangers and Real Madrid and things like that. If that's in his head that he wants the two of them to play a bit more together, then I think Starfelt stays in for Ross County. Um, he's not had a lot of game time this season, we know, so maybe to get a little bit more game time under his belt, then um, we we keep Starfelt in there with Cameron. But if it wasn't for that, then I think Jens would be a good option. So that one for me is up for debate, but if I have to come down on it, I think we'll see Starfelt again. I think Taylor will retain his position at left back. Um, and in the middle of the park, the, the change I expect to see is probably more Turnbull coming in. Um, Hatati might keep his place, I think. Maybe already played very well. Played very well on Sunday. Both did, so yeah. it's very unfair if any of them do drop out. But then again, it's more about rotation than them being That's dropped, it. I suppose. But they'll all yep. be really wanting to to prove themselves, and this is one of the last chances to do so for some of the you know more, you know, the bigger games come up if you like, if we call them that, or, or more difficult games is probably the the better phrase. And yeah, if Jack Marcus has recovered from his illness, then I would probably have him in there for Kyogo and give Kyogo a bit of a rest. So on the basis of that, you know, we are probably looking at four, maybe five changes to the squad. Um, but the five subs thing and the, the strength and depth we have means that if anything wasn't going to plan, then there's plenty of opportunity to sort it out with what we'd have available on the bench. Yeah, um, just due to time, we'll try and probably move on just to the Champions League very quickly. But um, I'm probably in agreement with, with Stevie on this. Get the game one, then we can mess about with subs. You know, as you touched on there, Natasha, we've got five. We've got strength and depth there. There's no need to, you know, make eight to nine changes. Um, t- tomorrow night I'm sure Ange's complete focus in this game even though we do have the derby game at the weekend themselves get the chance to obviously go five points clear with that game and we're welcoming Real Madrid next week it'll be one game at a time for, for Ange post just now and they'll be looking at whatever team he sees best fit to probably beat um, Rose County and we know it'll be a tough game Lauren it's just the last couple of minutes um, obviously last Thursday we, we found out our fate at a European football just quickly from the three year, I just want to get your, your take on, on the group um, what, what was your thoughts on, on who we were, were drawn against Lawrence? That's a decent group. Uh, happy Callum got his wish. Uh, you know, we're looking out who's going to be a, a Johnny Doyle and Alan Sneddon and George McCluskey this year uh, when Real Madrid come calling. Yeah, I'm glad, you know, we've got them early. Yeah, yeah I'm happy with that group. I was always kind of looking to qualify from it. You know, first or second place, I don't care. You know, but qualification is probably possible. Yeah, well, that's, that's fair enough. Patrick? I like, I like confidence. Yep, um, I like the confidence too. 
I'm a big fan of the group. You know, I wanted the, I think it was group C or D, the one with uh, Sporting and Tottenham and Frankfurt. That was the one I wanted, but this is probably second best. You know, you've got the big game to kick off. You've then got four games which you think you can pick points up in, and then you've got, you know, Madrid away. This might be an out there opinion, but, you know, I think you said to me, they'll probably qualify, but then they'll probably... Well, I'm hoping that's what happens, because I'm going, so I I really hope they've qualified by then. So hopefully they're playing a sort of rested side. They're uh, behind Barca in the league and they're not paying attention and we can maybe get a draw at the Bernabeu. But um, no, I think it's good. You get the star team and then you get two teams who you can at least compete against. And our fancy is to at least get European football after the World Cup. Um, I think we should at least be finishing third. Um, If not, maybe stretching for second. I think it's between us and Leipzig for second, but definitely European football after Christmas. Yeah, I think, Natasha, you know, you and I watched the group together inside Celtic Park. Um, saw the draw happen uh, live o- over there. I thought it was a group that had everything in it. You know, we were waiting to see who we were going to get. We got the glamour tie in Real Madrid, and then we got two teams that you'd probably say were definitely beatable at Celtic Park. Maybe we saw Leipzig come to Glasgow last season and, and ultimately lose. And, you know, we've played them at Celtic Park before, we've won the match. And obviously Shakhtar are going through a aerial transition just now, just with everything that's going, o- going on in Poland and they're uh, so going on in Ukraine, meaning they're going to have to play th- their games in Poland. Um, so I think it, it gives Celtic a bit of an advantage going into this. That we're in a position of strength. We've obviously added a lot to our squad and I, I think I'd quite fancy Celtic to hopefully get European football um, after Christmas. Yeah, so do I, and that's absolutely got to be the aim, and I'm sure it is. There's no reason that we we can't finish second in that group. Um, it'll be hard. It's not a, an easy group, but there's never going to be an easy group um, in that draw. But like we were saying, Declan, when we were sitting in that room looking at the way that the draw was unfolding, if we'd had to have chosen, I think we sort of narrowed it down to you know maybe two or three that we wanted to go into, and we got one of those. Um, I think it's a, a good mix of having a tie like Real Madrid, which is obviously very exciting. It'll be a great away trip and things like that. Um, but also... It has that balance and that, you know, the other two teams in that group, we have to seriously be considering that we should finish above them in the group, which is a good position to be in. I think it's right to say that they were the the bottom, if not bottom two of, of both of the pots that, that they were in. So that, I mean, that's what you're looking for in terms of a draw. So, yeah, I think it's exciting because there's the exciting on twofold really one that there's going to be some really great ties and some really good games some really good trips and on the other hand it's exciting because there's a real chance of progression and I hope that we we go out there and and really do make our mark this season yeah um let's just see how it goes obviously that will kick off next Tuesday um we'll be on here but before that game but before then Premier Sports Cup tie tomorrow against Ross County Derby game at the weekend and we'll see where we are uh, come next Tuesday um, thanks to everyone for, for joining us in the comments as always it's very much appreciated um, and we will be covering everything uh, the build up tomorrow and I'm sure that the usual uh, pre-match post-match reaction will be on please do join us if you have been watching please do like and subscribe to the channel Patrick, Lawrence, Natasha thank you for joining me on a Celtic State of Mind
message and data rates may apply. Guys, got hair loss? I know what you're thinking. Should I shave my head, comb it over, wear a hat? Just stop. This is in 1970. Keep your hair and your confidence because Bosley, America's number one hair restoration experts, can give you your real hair back permanently. Check them out today because they're giving away an absolutely free information kit and a free gift card to anyone that texts EASY to 203203. Dude, you don't have to look like your dad because this isn't your dad's hair loss treatment. People all over the country trust Bosley because they're ahead of the curve. They use the latest technology to give you your real hair back. And the best part? Bosley's permanent solution is protected by the Bosley Guarantee. Let Bosley show you for free how awesome your hair could look with an absolutely free information kit and a gift card for $250 off. Text EASY to details. Social Podcast Network. Sports 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 Social Podcast Network. Network.